today I want to, to minister to you the word of God. I really wanted, I thought I was going to continue with part five of uh, the fear of the Lord. But in praying yesterday afternoon and listening to the Lord concerning this, he started giving me an instruction concerning praying for the peace of Kenya. And then uh, there's a message I ministered on 1st of, uh, of February during the prayer and fasting. I think it was on a Wednesday, 1st of February. And then uh, again on 15th, I was praying and the Lord took me back there. And I ministered on, ministered on Wednesday the same message. And it's similar to what I'm going to minister today. Because for so many reasons, and I really want you to stand as a member of the body of Christ, redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus, and not one who is brainwashed by the political system. I'm going to use those words. Not the one who's brainwashed by the political system. I am not talking about the political system. I'm talking about the kingdom of God. There's a difference. So I want you to come up higher. Come up high. Come up high in authority. Come up high and see the plan of the enemy to destroy this nation. Is that's what his assignment is to steal, kill, and destroy. But we have to stop him. We have to stop the enemy. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not walk according to the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds of the enemy. That's what we have been called by God to do. Our assignment is not with flesh and blood. So I'm not talking about flesh and blood. I'm going to speak about spirits, spirits of destruction. The stealing, killing, and destroying is the spirit of the devil. It has nothing to do with God. So I don't want you to get to come up higher. I don't want you to think of a political people, believers think about their political alignment or alliances, whatever you call them, and get brainwashed until they forfeit their responsibility in the nation. So I'm talking to a member of the body of Christ. I'm talking about the precious, the one who being washed by the precious blood of Jesus. I'm not talking about the political or the place you are born. I'm not talking of a tribe. I'm not talking about place of your born. I'm talking of the place that you are born again. Born in Christ. Born of the Spirit. Born of God himself who's going to reign forever and ever with, his, uh, with the Savior, our Savior, Jesus Christ. So in the presence of peace and rest, we will be able to build. It's one of the reasons. We need peace and rest. Remember, I first ministered the same word on 1st on first of, uh, first of uh, February. God gave me an instruction regarding that. Therefore, in the presence of peace and rest, you'll be able to build. You cannot build where there is war. Where does the peace in our nation begin? I really do encourage you that you, you don't listen like you just came to church. I want you to listen like you are receiving an assignment. 
from God himself. And you are committed to the assignment. What song did you sing at the end? You say, I want to praise his name forever. I want to sing. You see, that's a commitment. Do we do that? So I want, I want you like, I want you to be a person like, you are right there. You are in the, in the army of God. You are about to receive an assignment. And you are keen. You are writing. You are taking orders. And you are ready to go and discharge the orders. That's what I'm talking about. Apostle Paul tells Timothy and says, as a good soldier of Christ, as a good soldier, you must also, also endure hardships. As a good soldier. So we are children of God, yes, but we are also soldiers in the army of God. Jesus, our Lord, is the commander of the army. Therefore, I want you to have that mentality. As a person, military and you are ready to, to receive orders that you can be able to discharge. Where does this begin, the peace of a nation? When the church is truly seeking God as the final authority for the destiny of our nation. That's where it begins. We know this is our destiny. The church is seeking God as, as the final authority of our, for the destiny of our nation. And this enables the church to stand in her rightful place of authority in Christ. When we are divided as a church on Twitter, on Facebook, on where I come from, my area, and all that, you are living in a low, low, very low land. You can rise up and use the authority that you have in Christ. You are thinking as a mere man. A mere man. I'm going to say some things will make, which... If, if you're a spiritual person, they'll make you uncomfortable and you want to, to, to engage in spiritual love. Let's go to First Chronicles chapter 22. So uh, very important when you have peace in our nation is that when we have peace rest in our nation is we are able to build. You cannot build in at war. You've never heard on, on, uh, on YouTube or between in the new headlines, what do you call them? Advertisements. You've never seen an advertisement. We have a multi-million land in Baragoy. You've never seen that. We are selling a land. It's, it's a very wonderful land. And it's multi-million, mil, mil, I mean million uh, portions of land we are selling. And, and I've never had a church member tell me, I'm going to build in Baragoy. I'm starting my business there. Why, they have heard... Uncertainty. They've had fighting. So one does not invest in uncertainty. A prudent man does not invest in uncertainty. You invest where there is peace, there is rest. You know you're going to invest so that you can have back good returns where there is peace. But if there is no peace, you don't want to invest in that place. That's what we need. Peace in our nation. That's why we need to prosper in this nation. As, as that is determined by peace. Let's go to First Chronicles 22. I'm going to read several scriptures there. If I talk very fast, pass, 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 slow, slow down. First Chronicles 22.
This is King Solomon. Uh, I mean, David wanted to build the, uh, uh, the, uh, the house of the Lord. And then the Lord told him no. But he prepared everything in abundance, verse 3, for the nails of the doors of the gates and the, for the joints and bronze in abundance beyond, beyond measure. I like that word, beyond measure. You want to be blessed beyond measure? You prepare whatever you do for the Lord beyond measure. And cedars, cedars, cedar trees in abundance. For the Sidonians and those from time brought much cedar wood to David. Look at verse 5. Now David says, Solomon, my son, is young and in experience and the house to be built for the Lord must be exceedingly magnificent, famous and glorious throughout all countries. I wish I had time to say something about that. I will now make preparation for it. So David made what? Abundant preparations before his death. He made what? Abundant preparations before his death. Then he called for his son Solomon and charged him to build a house for the Lord God of Israel. So all the preparations were done by David. Even though he wasn't going to be the one to build, he did all the preparations. And David said to Solomon, my son, as for me, it was in my mind to build a house to the name of the Lord my God. But listen to this. But the word of the Lord came to me saying, you have shed much blood and have made great wars. You shall not build a house for my name. So he was at war. He shed much blood. Because of this, because you have shed much blood on the earth in my side, behold, a, sh- a son shall be born to you who shall be a man of what? Rest. That's important right there for building. Who shall be a man of rest and I will give him what? Rest from all his enemies all around. His name shall be Solomon or peaceful. That's what that name means. A peaceful man. Peaceful. That's what Solomon, God gave that word to Solomon. That name to Solomon. For I will give peace and quietness to Israel in his days. We need what? Peace and quietness in our nation. There'll be peace and quietness. I will give peace and quietness to Israel in his days. Look at verse 10. Look at what follows peace and quietness. He says, he shall, he shall go back there. For I will give peace and quietness to Israel in his days. Verse 10, he shall build a house for my name. I shall give Israel peace and quietness for this reason. So that he shall, he may do what? Build me a house. Peace and rest, quietness, brings in building and prospering. Uncertainty, no building, no prospering. In fact, there's a lot of distraction than building. Pastor Wade ever told me this. Son, don't forget this. You cannot build in a storm. You do your building before the storm. So when the storm comes, you've built upon the rock, the storm will not affect your building. Don't forget that. So you shall build a house, go back again, verse 9, the latter part of it, for I will give peace and quietness to Israel in his days. He shall build a house for my name, and he shall be my son, and I'll be his father, and he will establish the throne of his kingdom over Israel forever. Now look at this, verse 11. Now, my son, may the Lord be with you, and may you do what? May you prosper and build the house of the Lord your God as he has said to you. The peace, rest, quietness was for building. 
Osfobili. Therefore, look at verse, look at verse 17. It's not done by an individual in a nation. Those in authority must have support around them. Look at this in verse 17. David also commanded all the leaders of Israel to help Solomon his son, saying, Is not the Lord your God with you? And has he not given you rest on every side? For he has given the inhabitants of the land into my hand, and the land is subdued before the Lord and before his people. Look at verse 19. Now set your heart and your soul to seek the Lord your God. Therefore arise and build the sanctuary of the Lord God to bring the ark of the covenant of the Lord into the holy articles of God in the house that is to be built for the name of the Lord. But now we do what? Set your heart uh, and your soul to seek the Lord your God. That's not the assignment of the politician. That's the assignment of the church. That's the assignment of the church. Now, go to 1 Kings chapter 4, verse 20. 1 Kings chapter 4, verse 20. Judah and Israel was numerous as the sand by the sea in multitude, eating and drinking and rejoicing. I didn't see any one of you on television in town outside New Stanley eating and drinking on this past Monday. You don't do that when there are wars in the country. You don't do that when there is confusion in the country. You don't do that. But what was happening? They were numerous as the sand of the sea in multitude, eating and drinking and rejoicing. So Solomon reigned over all kingdoms from the river to the land of the Philistines. As far as the border of Egypt, they brought tribute and served Solomon all the days of his life. Verse 22. Now Solomon's provision for one day was 30, uh, if you come from western Kenya, it's 30 korokoro of fine flour. <laughs> you see that? <laughs> that really amazed me on a... I lived with a brother, two brothers from Western Kenya. We lived in Baba Dog in a small room. And, you know, I, didn't, I wasn't raised up. I didn't know what it was. And then they said, Mekuja na korokoro. Nne, mbili za, za omena. Korokoro. What is korokoro? Anyway, I started talking korokoro. So this is not the korokoro of the Western. This is, uh, in fact, I was reading that it's about a ton of fine flour. 60 korokoros of meal. <laughs> 10 fatted oxen, 20 oxen from the pastures, and 100 sheep besides what? Deer, gazelles, roebucks, and fatted fowl. When was the last time we visited someone and tell them, we have deer, we have gazelles, we have fatted fowls. What do you want? <laughs> I know the last time we visited someone who tell you this. Now this is what Solomon was experiencing. For he had, listen, listen verse 24, for he had dominion over all the region of this side of the river from Tipsha even to Gaza, namely over all the kings of this side of the river, and he had peace on every side all around. Ronald, it's so good to see you. Welcome. And, and listen, look at verse 25. And Judah and Israel dwelt safely. And the 40 how many tribes in Kenya dwelled safely 
each man under his vine and his fig tree, from Dan, from uh, Busia, all the way to Garissa, all the way from Garissa to going down to the coast and going back to Turkana, that's the will of God, church. I'm talking about the will of the master. I'm not talking about the will of the political system. I'm talking about the will of the pastor, uh, I mean, of the master. And he had peace on every side all around, and Judah and Israel dwelt safely. Think about this. These are two tribes. The ten tribes, Israel, uh, uh, and then two tribes, Judah and Benjamin, on one side. But listen to this. They dwelt safely between each other. From Dan as far as Beersheba all the days of Solomon. Solomon had 40,000 stalls of horses, da, 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 da. I don't want to go into the portion. I'm telling you, he lacked no supply. He was well provided for. Now, have you seen that? So remember, the name Solomon is peaceful. On that 1st of January, 2023, I was praying. Uh, we were the staff members praying. We pray. Mostly, we have a staff prayer meeting on Tuesdays. Uh, that I attend, but they have another one on Thursday. And I saw we are praying. I saw one angel. I didn't see like an open vision. It wasn't like an open vision, but I saw it with my spiritual eyes. I knew that clear what I was seeing. I saw an angel right at the coast, Mombasa, you know, at the ocean. He was standing a foot on the land and the other on the ocean. And the ocean, at the ocean, I could see tides coming. Uh, toward him, but when he turned and looked at them, they ceased and no longer had any power. I could tell there were evil spirits trying to come into this nation, but only one angel stopped them. And in my thoughts, I asked, Lord, why only one angel? And why at the cost? And I had inside of me, I do not have to send them in any other place. Just one is able to do the work and is at the right place where evil spirits are trying to enter in to bring in this kind of upheaval, 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 uprising. The staff members are witness, I said it by the Spirit, and it was typed. I saw that. Now listen to this. That was on 31st of January, 2023. Remember on fast, then he gave me about the need for a peaceful nation, rest, quietness, so that you may build and prosper. In 2 Chronicles chapter 14, and to look at the man called King Asam. 2 Chronicles chapter 14. Look at verse 1. So Abijah rested with his fathers, and they buried him in the city of David. Then Asa, his son, reigned in his place. Listen to this, what follows next. next. In his days, the land was quiet for how many years? Ten years. That is such a key right there. Remember, it was quiet during the time of Solomon. There comes King Asa, and in his days, the land was quiet for 10 years. And look at what follows next. Asa did what was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God, for he removed the altars of the foreign gods and the high places and broke down the sacred pillars and cut down the wooden images. What was he doing? He was seeking God. He was establishing the Lord God of heaven as the only true God. Only true God. 
He commanded Judah to seek the Lord God of their fathers and to observe the law and the commandments. Now they will skip the word. He also removed the high places. Look at this what follows next. And the incense altars from all the cities of Judah and the kingdom. And, and the kingdom, and the kingdom was what? Quiet under him. What follows next? And he built. He built. The kingdom was quiet under him. And he built quietness, rest, peace is for us to build and prosper. Chaos, stealing, killing, destruction is not conducive for God's people to build and to prosper. He had no awe in those years because the Lord had given him what? Rest. Where does rest come from? From the Lord. Why is that so? When God's people are seeking God, he brings rest to the nation. When you see uncertainty, it's because God's people are sleeping. They're unseeking God. They are talking among themselves. Which party they believe in? What should happen? How many demonstrations you should have? Or you shouldn't. That's their talk. They are walking in the natural. They, are, they, are, they have been blinded by the devil. They are not seeing the enemy. They are seeing political leaders. That's apostasy. That shouldn't be among us believers. Our effectiveness in intercession is based on our ability to perceive the will of God. If we don't perceive the will of God, I'm talking about the written word of God and I'm talking about the leading of the Holy Spirit. If we don't perceive the, the will of God in our generation, we'll be like all men. The Bible says those, that who, the one who is in honor but without understanding is like beasts that perish. They're walking like mere men. We have one tribe in Christ. They were born from different places. But we should, we should identify ourselves strongly and greatly in Christ alone. We put us, our faith and our trust. So listen to this. The latter part of that in, in those, and the kingdom of, of verse 5 was quiet under him and he built fortified cities in Judah for the land had what rest. He had known the war in those years because the Lord had given him rest. Look at verse 7. Therefore he said to Judah, let us build these cities and make walls around them and towers, gates and bars while the land is yet before us. Because, look at shout that one please with me. Because we have sought the Lord our God. We have sought to him. He has given us rest on every side. So they build and prosper. Not because my aunt is a women representative. Or my brother is a governor. Oh, my great-great-uncle is about to become the president. No, it's because we have sought the Lord, our God. We have sought him. He has given us rest on every side. So they built and prospered. That was the basis of the prosperity, seeking God. Pastor, you becoming one of those pastors of uh, brimstone and, and, and sulfur and on. And 
Yeah, there's an urgency. But there's an urgency don't go to church. Praise the Lord. We need to prosper. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory. No. It's a sense of urgency. You come in as the army of the Lord, you need to know. You need to get out of the natural realm and start looking at the destiny of our nation, the destiny of our posterity, the destiny of our children's children. King Esther said, I mean, Queen Esther said this, if I die, I die. I don't want to die. Are you, are you in Christ? Where do saints go? They go home. And no devil has any authority to kill you. Let's go to Jeremiah 29 quickly. You still hear what you left? All right, praise God. Jeremiah 29. Many times when he says Jeremiah 29, believers run into verse 11. You miss out all the points before verse 11. I need to give you a bit of a story. Jeremiah was a prophet. That's the time now Judah was being taken into exile to King Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon. And Jeremiah was left behind. There are priests, there are prophets. Some of the kings also had been taken in, in, a, in to Babylon. And look at this, what, what happens. Now these are the words, verse 1, of the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem, so he was in Jerusalem, to the remainder of the elders who were carried away captive, to the priests, the prophets, and all those people whom Nebuchadnezzar had carried away captive from Jerusalem to Babylon. So he's in Jerusalem, he's sending a letter to where? Did you hear what we read? He's sending a letter to where? To Babylon. To these elders and prophets and all that. This happened as Jeconiah... After Jeconiah, the, the king, the queen mother, the eunuchs, the princes of uh, Judah and Jerusalem, the craftsmen and the smiths had departed from Jerusalem. The letter was sent by the, the hand of that brother and, uh, and uh, sent to Babylon, Neb, to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, saying, look at what he said. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all who are carried away captive, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon. Listen to the instruction. Build houses and dwell in them. Plant gardens and eat their fruit. Take wives and beget sons and daughters. And take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands so that they may bear sons and daughters that they may be, you may be increased there and not diminished. What is he protecting? He is protecting his seed. Remember the Messiah also is going to come through that tribe of Judah. He's giving instructions concerning to, about his people. And listen to this. And verse 7, I want you to read us to read together. I want you to read it. I want you to read it. I want you to read it. Let's read verse 7. And seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away and pray to the Lord for it. For in his peace you will have peace. If there is peace in the city, you'll have peace. If you don't have peace, if there's no peace in the city, you'll know no peace. That's what he's telling his people. Let me give you a bit of a story. What happens is, 
What is the natural response if you are being taken to captive? You will be praying, God of Israel, send brimstone over Nebuchadnezzar. Destroy him. That beast is taking your people captive. I even have my feet hurting. I didn't elect him. Break his leg. Cause him to become mad. Even believers pray that way. That is not the candidate that I chose. Break his neck, Lord, in his dreams. Cause him to fall from his bed. Even believers think that way. That's not the man I elected. When is our tribe going to be elected? What? Pray for the peace of the city. Where I've caused you to be carried away captive. And pray to the Lord for it. For in his peace, you'll have peace. Listen to verse 8. Because there are people who are prophesying. Probably they are saying this government will not last. Told you I'll speak some things that will make you uncomfortable if you're walking in the flesh. Maybe they thought that way. But listen to what God says. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let your prophets and your diviners who are in your midst deceive you. Nor listen to your dreams which you cause to be dreamed. The people who just dream dreams. I saw you. There's a certain woman years ago. She told our, our, our secretary, Sheila, I say, yeah, I saw that, that you know, they, they used to call me Mr. Davis. That Mr. Davis, who's with Pastor Zued and Carla, I saw him in a dream. He, had, he, he practices witchcraft. And he, she said, and she told Sheila after that, we need to pray. Pray that. In other words, maybe remove him away from Pastor Zued and Carla. So, after some time, I'm called into a meeting. Pastor Wade is there, and Sheila is there, and I didn't know what the meeting was for. I sat down, and uh, this woman is there, and, she's, and Pastor Wade say, tell me something. You mean to tell me uh, Pastor Carl and I are that blind that you can't tell our associate practices witchcraft or not? Who gives you that authority to speak to my servant that way? I thought, what, 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 what happened here? <laughs> I'm not aware of such meeting. When did I start practicing witchcraft? <laughs> oh, that woman, that spirit. It wasn't even that woman, that spirit was called in. And uh, her eyes grew bigger. And she stood up. And she stormed. <laughs> and she left. I mean, I met with that woman maybe 10 years later or 15. I met with her in town. She looked at me. She turned on that. As far as she's concerned, I'm still practicing witchcraft as if I ever began. That's nonsense. What, what did she tell? She told her secretary, Sheila, that she had a dream and she had a vision. There are many YouTube channels, dear. Don't listen to every voice. In the name of he presenting himself in the name of the Lord. What did Jeremiah do? Jeremiah said this, for that says the Lord of hosts. 
Don't, don't go there. Verse 9 says, For they prophesy what? Falsely to you in my name. I have not sent them, says the Lord. For thus says the Lord, after 70 years are completed in ba- at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good toward, toward you and cause you to return to this place. And then you can, you can go to your favorite scripture. Verse 11. In your own time. <laughs> Give them there a little bit. They know their favorite scriptures. But you need to go to the context of it. Where did it all begin? It began somewhere. You see what I'm saying? In his peace, you'll have what? Peace. That's the will of God. Now, so then, on Wednesday prayer, uh, during Wednesday, it began last year, if you remember this, just before the elections. Uh, we were praying here, it was on a Wednesday, I don't, I don't remember the date. But if I checked out, I'll, I'll, I'll see it. And I was kneeling here at the front, praying, and the Lord said this, go to uh, Psalm 35 from verse 1 to 10. Uh, uh, to go to uh, Psalm 35. And I went to Psalm 35. And I checked it out. And the Lord gave us that word concerning the elections last year. Anyone who was here, you remember that? Yeah. And then, that was on a Wednesday. Then Friday we had a praise and worship night. And I shared and we declared the same word. Now look at this. That was Psalm 35. And then on 15th, that is two weeks ago. We were praying here on Wednesday, a few of us. And then I knelt down to pray and we were praying for the nation. And the Lord told me this. I already gave you the word for this nation. I said, oh yeah, Lord, what is that? I gave you Psalm 35. Okay. I shared with the church. And we got ourselves now ready to pray. Go to Psalm 35. Let me show you what, what he showed me from the Passion Translation. Come up higher. I'm talking of spirits of darkness. And this is, and he told me this. Every place there is me, put Kenya. Anyone who remembers, we did that and we did, did declarations over here. You remember? All right, now look at this. And then started going there. Oh, Lord, fight for Kenya. Harass the hecklers. Accuse Kenya's accusers. Fight those who fight against Kenya. Can you say it together? Put on your armor. Come on now. All right, let's start verse 1. Okay, okay, all right. Let's start verse 1 together. All right, come on, verse 1 together. Let's go together. Oh, Lord, fight for Kenya. Harass the hecklers. Accuse Kenya's accusers. Fight those who fight against Kenya. Put on your arm, my Lord. Take up your shield and protect Kenya. Rise up, mighty God. Grab your weapons of war and block the way of the wicked who come to fight Kenya. Stand for Kenya when they stand against Kenya. Speak over Kenya's soul. I am your strong savior. Humiliate those who seek Kenya's harm. Defeat them all. Frustrate their plans to defeat Kenya and drive them back. Disgrace them all as they have devised their plans to disgrace Kenya. Blow them away like dust in the wind with the angel of almighty God driving them back. Make the road in front of them nothing but slippery darkness with the angel of the Lord behind them chasing them away. For though Kenya did nothing wrong to to them, they set a trap for Kenya, wanting Kenya to fall and 
fail. Surprise them with your ambush, Lord, and catch them in the very trap they set for Kenya. Let them be the ones to fail and fall into destruction. Then our fears will dissolve into limitless joy. Our whole being will overflow with the gladness because of your mighty deliverance. Everything inside of us will shout it out. There is no one like you, Lord. For look at how you protect the weak and helpless from the strong and heartless who oppress them. Hallelujah. You miss a place to shout. When you've discharged the word of God and you've spoken it by faith, you need to shout. Shows of victory over the enemy and over the will of the enemy. I'm talking about spirits. I'm talking about wickedness. Wickedness in high places. Evil of darkness wanting to destroy the nation. Oh, the will of their father is peace, rest, quietness. No nation. Not fighting. Then on Thursday... Miss Ruth uh, sent me a, a clip, uh, I mean a, an audio me- message of someone from South Africa. One was, what date am I talking about? It was 15th that I had the Lord here on a Wednesday. And I led those who are here and told them, let's do this. This is what I've heard from the Lord. He already gave us the word for this nation. And then on 14th, uh, Norman and I had gone to a certain place and we sat down. We were having a, a bite and I get, I see Miss, Miss Ruth's uh, WhatsApp audio message. And I listened to it, and I got excited. And I want you to listen to it for five minutes. You ready? Are you ready, team? All right, come on, go ahead. It's Wednesday, the 15th of Mar- March, 2023. My name is Christian Kruger, Christian Krier. I'm making this voice message in English, even though I'm Afrikaans, so that I could reach the largest largest possible audience. I was led by the Lord to, um, to have a time of solitude. And on Sunday, I left the house to going to a game farm to be alone. And while I was driving to the house suddenly in the dirt road there was a three meter long mamba in the road i it's the first time i've seen a mamba in lavender labor and i tell you it i knew exactly what it was it was a thick um three meter long i initially thought it was only two meters but when i uh, again measured because his tail was uh, in the grass and he was lying right over the road and his head was at the uh, opposite side and it was just lying there and when i drove closer it slowly uh, slivered away and it was quite a um, a focused moment, it's like you get tunnel vision when you see uh, that kind of enormous mamba snake. And I knew it's a very, very dangerous and a very venomous snake, and it's a attacking snake, and uh, 
it it is, has got no fear it will attack men but on Monday, I was speaking to somebody that knows a little bit more about snakes and mambas and more, more experience. And he, and he said, extremely venous, ven- venomous snake. It's ex- extremely aggressive. It is an attacking snake. Then what happened was on Tuesday, I was fasting. And while I was fasting and I was praying for the country, I was praying for my congregation. I was praying for the, for the people, um, on the groups that I ministered to, but I was also praying for the country, but very casually, very lightly, not very seriously, just praying for the country, thinking about uh, the fact that there would be this national shutdown and just praying about it. And suddenly I got this this um, unction and this heaviness, very heavy on my heart. And I was... uh, talking to the Lord and said, what's happening here? And it was like the Lord was saying, this country is not serious about what's going to happen on the 20th. And then suddenly I was praying a little bit more. And then the Lord said, why did I show you the mamba? I said, I don't know. He said, because they have called up those that serve the forefathers and want the destruction of this country have called up a very powerful spirit. They called up the spirit of the mamba to to be with them. They called up a spirit you've never dealt with. You have no experience how the spirit worked, but it is a very powerful, fast-acting, venomous demon that is called up over South Africa to help on that day. And... It is the spirit of the bomba, and it will act very fast, viciously, killing, stealing, and destroying, even though Jesus came to give us life and that in abundance. And the, the church and the Christians are not serious about it. They're very passive about it. They're very plaisé about it, just like I was, not just casually not taking it seriously. Just thinking the Lord will protect. But the Lord is is, is really um, warning. This is serious. You need to pray. And then I was asking the Lord, give me a strategy. And he said, petition for South Africa. And he gave me Psalm 25 and 35 and said, petition with those Psalms. And whenever there is written I or me or my Put the name South Africa in. Psalm 25 and Psalm 35. Did you get that? What is he told by the Lord? Psalm 25 and Psalm 35. One was that he's recording this was on 25th uh, on 15th of March. What was happening? Put that map over there, please. Which I know you're aware of this. But if I can have that map quickly, please, on the screen. I need to see this. I was talking to a certain pastor this past week and, and, and shared with me some things that some intercessors had said before the 20th. South Africa, this man is recording from South Africa. This pastor speaking here is speaking from Kenya. Who was given some 35. The other side are the west is Nigeria. Up there, north, 
is Tunisia. What is happening? You all think in the natural. But I want you to think in the spirit. The demonstration and all that they are set on the same day. Coincidence? Forget. Unless you know no spirits. What is happening? I have those intercessors saying this. It was focused on the south gate, south gate, east gate, west gate, north gate of the continent. To steal, kill, destroy. Politicians, forget about that. Spirits. Thirty-first of January, I'm praying with the staff. I am seeing an angel. I didn't connect all these dots. They come together this past Friday. I'm seeing an angel. One of it is play, one foot is on the on this side on the on the sand. This other side is on the water, the ocean. That's the gate right there. Spirits coming into the nation to destroy a nation. Rise up. Stand up higher in your authority in Christ and stop the enemy before he steals and kills, kills and destroys our, our nation. We shall not allow the spirit in the spirit realm. We have to rise up as people of faith, not political affiliations whatsoever. There's a sense of urgency, church. I chose us for me and my house. We will serve the Lord. We will not serve political system. We will not serve agenda of man. We will serve the Lord God Almighty. And we'll identify ourselves with Christ and Christ alone. I hope you'll follow me to do this. We're talking about spirits. It's guest, get. And, and I remember I asked the Lord, Sheila is the one who typed and sent that to me. We're in a prayer meeting. He said, Lord, why are the cost? It's coming from the ocean. The Puhivo. Then that last evening, Tina and I were praying, and the Lord reminded me of this. I don't think I have time, but I'll say in a nutshell, in 1959 and 1961, about Derek Prince was here in Kenya. He was, a, he, was a, he was a principal in Western Kenya of a teacher's training college. And they were praying because just before the elections, you'll find that in his book, Shaping the History Through Prayer and Fasting. It's available. They were praying in Western Kenya and, and, and with some students and all that. And uh, pastor, I think he's a bishop now, Wilson Mamboleo was a young man. If you ever heard of Wilson Mamboleo, he's a bishop, I think, nowadays. He was a young man. And then as they started praying, the presence of God came in. Ah, let me, let me see if I can read a little bit. You are ready for this? So they were praying. That was between 19, from 1957 to 1961. That was when Derek Prince was here. And during this period, Kenya was still painfully struggling to recover from bloody agonies of the Mau Mau movement, which had created bitter mistrust and hatred not only between Africans and Europeans, but also among various African tribes. At the same time, the country was being hastily prepared for the end of British rule and for national independence, this was eventually achieved in 1963. And now the western part in Congo, they had had bloodshed, terrible bloodshed. 
Against this background, the focus, focus, like weather focus, the focus of the political experts for the future of Kenya were dark indeed. So it looked like Kenya was going into that blood affair like, like, like Congo had experienced. It was generally predicted that Kenya would follow the unhappy cause of the Congo, but with problems made even worse, serious by the internal antagonism, antagonisms that were the legacy of Mau Mau. In August 1961, of the number of missionaries ministering at a week-long convention for African young people held in Western Kenya, there were about 200 young Africans in attendance, and I won't go into all those details. But listen to this. Then in that prayer meeting, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit came. And then for about two hours, almost the whole group of more than 200 people continued in spontaneous worship and prayer without any visible human leadership. At a certain point, the conviction came to me that as a group, we had touched God and that his power was at our disposal. God spoke to my spirit and said, do not let them make the same mistake that Pentecostals have so often made in the past by squandering my power and spiritual self-indulgence. Tell them to pray for the future of Kenya. And you know what the spirit of the Lord is saying right now? Pray for the peace for the future of Kenya. The upheaval that is happening in other nations should not happen in our nation. I began to make my way to the front. I won't go into that. And then, and, and then he went up and told people to pray. And I told them both in the field, and the, I told them this. The Bible places upon you as Christians the responsibility to pray for your country and its government. I'll say it again. The Bible places upon you as Christians the responsibility to pray for your country and its government. Your country is now facing the most critical period in its history. Let us unite together in praying for the future of Kenya. Now listen to this. Wilson Mamboleo was with me on the platform translating my words into Swahili. When the time came to pray, he knelt down beside me and I laid in prayer. Almost every person present joined me in praying out loud. The combined volume of voices rising in prayer reminded me of the passage in Revelation 19.6. And I heard, as it were, the voice of great multitude as the voice of many waters and as the voice of mighty thunderings. And they prayed, and after a few moments of silence, when they had stopped, Wilson stood up and spoke to the congregation. I want to tell you what the Lord showed me while we were praying. He said, I realized that God had given him a vision as he knelt beside me in prayer. Wilson then related the vision he had seen, first in English and then in Swahili. I saw a red horse approaching Kenya from the east. Are you seeing again? From where? The east. He said it was very fierce and there was a very black man riding on it. Behind it were several other horses, all red and fierce. While we were praying, I saw all the horses turn around and move away toward the north. Wilson paused for a moment and then continued. Ask God to tell me the meaning of that I had seen, and this is what he told me. Only the supernatural power of the prayer of my people can turn away the troubles that are coming upon Kenya. That hasn't changed, church. That mandate hasn't changed. And, and you, you can read in your own time, Zechariah 1, 7 to 11. And during that time, of course, Kenya was stable. Uganda had, had its portion of issues. You remember that? 
Tanzania was having a uprising, Kenya was spared because people prayed. Now listen this. In 2017, my niece, called Faith, she had a, a, a vision, and the Lord took her to heaven and to hell. And then she starts telling me later on, some few days later, of what she saw, I won't go into details, she saw horses coming from the east. 2017, remember what was happening? Just when, on after elections, you remember the uncertainty that was in the nation. And then she said, the horses were coming in, and I think had red clothes on them. Uh, the man was riding horses. And she said they were fierce. And then when they were coming, that was from the east, when they were about to enter into the nation, she saw the flag of the nation all around that, that flag of Kenya. And people were praising and shouting and praising the Lord. And all those horses turned and went towards the north. That was in 2017, a 17-year-old. And I asked her, have you ever read anything like that from a book? I said, no, uncle, the Lord showed me. I started reading to her from the book of a man who was shown the same in 1961. We were spared in 2017. He's never changed, church. We need to rise up as people of faith and defeat the devil. Therefore, church, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 to 6. We're about to pray. So wake up. Therefore, I exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for how many men? All men. For kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead what? A quiet, let's say it together, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all what? Godliness and what? Reverence. Listen to the will of God. What follows next? For this is good. And acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. That you may lead a good and that you may lead a quiet and peaceable life. In all godliness, and I'll tell you the reason for that, that you may build and prosper, and the reason for that is for the preaching of the gospel. Because everything goes back to the kingdom of God. So church, rise up. Rise up. And see the danger that is when there is complacency. When there is division even among the church concerning which party and which party and which should not. Would you please stand, stand up on our feet? I want us to take some time to pray right now. If you can kneel, that's fine. We're in a sense of urgency. I want us to take some time to pray. Now I'm asking you. I already declared that Psalm, uh, Psalm 35. But I want you to, to pray in the Holy Ghost. I'm going to lead you into a prayer right now. I want you to honor the presence of God. And don't be casual about anything. 
The Lord said this to, to King Us actually. My eyes run to and fro, to and fro in the whole world. The whole world. On the whole earth. Let me read that in First Chronicles 4, 16. I think it should be 16. Thank you, Lord. Spirit, move in your people, draw us to Jesus, his glory to see, rain down from heaven, fresh living water, bring us your liberty. Second Chronicles 16, 9. He says, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro through the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. That's what God wants. And in every nation, in Acts chapter, Acts chapter 10, as Apostle Peter spoke these words to, to Cornelius. And those who had gathered there, verse 34, it says, Then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth I perceive that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. We want us accepted by God, our nation accepted by God, that we may have peace and rest and quietness. Would you please lift up your hands to him? The Bible says, Praying men ought to pray always lifting up holy hands. Father, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. You have saved our nation over and over again from the plans of the enemy. And that's why as your people, we are calling your name. You said if we humble ourselves and pray and turn from our wicked ways, wicked ways come in even through divisions, political divisions, even among us believers, among the church. Political opinions that do not carry your purposes and your plans. That's wicked before you. Because that's man's opinion and not your opinion. And not your word, the final authority that you've given to us. So Father, we ask you even as believers in this nation. You cleanse us from wickedness. That we have chosen sides and not your will. When Joshua is about to take to enter into Jericho. He meets with a man, he lifted up his eyes and saw a man. And Joshua ran towards him and asked him, Are you for us or for our adversaries? And the man says, Neither. 
But as the commander, the commander of the army of the Lord, I have come. Yes, what you tell your servant says, the place that you are standing is on a holy ground. He removed his shoes. He acknowledged the holiness of God that is above flesh and blood. And when we lift our voices and we trust in the commander of the army of the Lord, he fights against our enemies. We trust him who has saved this nation over and over again. And we trust his ability. He defeated the devil. Whether the spirit of a mamba, wherever the spirit, whatever the spirit, he has raised us up together with him. He has made us to sit together with him. Far above all principality and power and dominion that have been destroying nations. So I want you to lift up your voice and for these few minutes, whether you pray in the Holy Ghost, you pray with understanding, but just listen to the Lord. Brother Francis, come over here, please. And go ahead and come with your microphone and tell us what the Lord has spoken to you and if it's anything you you can pray it out. You can lead us into prayer. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Let's go to Zechariah chapter 4. Zechariah chapter 4 from verse 6. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Let me read it. This is, uh, it says, So he answered and said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by power, nor by, not, excuse me, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? You shall become a plain, and he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, the hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple. His hands shall also finish it. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. What I hear the Lord saying is, prayers went forth last year concerning Kenya, concerning the elections, concerning the leadership. God has already laid a foundation. It's not the time to back down because of the threats of the enemy. It's the time to say, this thing that is coming up, who are you, 
before the mount who are you before the people of god who are you before this nation you shall come down let's lift our hands and pray father we thank you thank you father this afternoon we've heard your word we are not looking for help from a man our hope is not in the police or the military or any other natural thing but we are saying is not by power nor by might but by the spirit of the living god that people will know there is a god who reigns in kenya these threats of violence will fail in the name of Jesus and many will witness and say this just as it has happened before and there has been a witness that is because men and women have risen up in prayer that God has spared Kenya that same testimony we overcome in the name of Jesus we overcome the enemy by the word of our testimony and by the blood of Jesus we lift up the testimony of God that Kenya is spared from bloodshed from violence we bind you spirit of mamba the snake the spirit of fear and deception we bind you in the name of Jesus you will not sneak upon Kenya in Jesus name we break the pattern of violence we break the pattern of the spirit of the snakes in Jesus name and we declare every snake is exposed thank you father lord your word tells us that we will he will bruise your heel and you step on his head we step on that spirit we trumpet down we say you spirit of the snake you will not rise no more over this nation this pattern is broken in the name of Jesus that spirit of intimidation and that spirit of fear we defang you from that in the name of Jesus this has been your fangs this has been your poison but we say no more we render those threats harmless in the name of Jesus we declare the voice of the snake in our social media is silent yes. that hissing that rattling no more no more no more no more rattling no more shaking people no more no more hissing sounds all over our media we silence the hissing of the snake the hissing of the enemy we shut you down we don't fear you no more your hissing is harmless your hissing is useless your spit is useless in the name of Jesus you will not spit in our eyes and cause blindness you cobra you are nothing in the name of Jesus the word of God says we will take up snakes and they will not harm us this snake will not harm us in the name of Jesus we will take this snake and prove it's of the devil is been defunged is been rendered harmless 
we lift up the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus that has overcome the poison. The poison. The tribal poison that has been killing this nation. The corruption poison that had been injected into the very fabric of our society. We declare we call you harmless. In the name of Jesus, we take on the blood of Jesus over this nation that renders this poison, this poison that has been changed, that has been transmitted from generation to generation, this poison that the devil has been working into our system since the independence of this nation, we declare in our generation, this poison is harmless. This poison will not stand in the face of Almighty God. This poison, we are the Joshua generation. We are the generation that is going into the new land. We are circumcising our hearts again, O oh Father. As the scripture has been led to us, as has been shared to us, O oh Father, you sent an angel, this man of war, and said, I am not for Ada. I am I'm the um, thank you father I am the leader of the hosts of heaven you are bringing heavenly hosts to bear to deliver this nation from what our fathers were not able to conquer where there has been failures in fighting corruption in fighting this recurring violence in fighting these threats of political violence we are the generation that will see an end to this in the name of Jesus. No more wandering in the deserts. No more wandering every five years, coming up fearful and wondering what will happen. No more. We say this is the end of this thing in the name of Jesus. This is the end of this spirit that has kept Kenya in the desert, always worried, always concerned. After every election, after every election, no more. We are crossing over the Jordan to possess our inheritance because God, you desire us to build. And building, we shall build in the name of Jesus. We are building churches. We are building the youth. We are building the economy. We are building our schools. We are building our universities. We are building. We are building. We are building. In the name of Jesus, we have laid the foundation. Now we come with shouts of grace, 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 grace upon Kenya. Thank, Thank you, Lord. Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, Francis. Now, let me show you quickly from, from Joshua 5. I saw that yesterday as I was preparing for this. Just stay with us. Stay with the Spirit. In the Spirit. In, um, from verse, let me say it in this manner. He, he said it again, trigger that, that thought. The children of Israel in the wilderness are not being circumcised. Remember, that was covenant. 
And they're supposed to have been circumcised on what day? Eighth day. But they're not being circumcised. So it was, um, it came, verse, verse 2, at the time, at that time the Lord said to Joshua, make flint knives for yourself and circumcise the sons of Israel again the second time. What had, was happening then, if you don't, one does not pay attention to the covenant, he walks around like natural men without covenant. And that's what happens when the church does not identify herself with a groom. They walk as natural men as if they don't have any covenant with God. And then he says this. So Joshua made him, uh, flint and circumcised the, son of Israel, the sons of Israel at the heel of the four skins. And now what happened is there, covenant is activated. Covenant is activated. And this is the reason why Joshua circumcised them. All the people who came out of Egypt who are males, all the men of war had died in the wilderness on the way after they had come out of Egypt. Why is that so? Because of the rebellion. So their sons are not circumcised. In other words, the covenant, though available, was not activated. So they then, verse 6, for the children of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness to all the people who are men of war who came out of Egypt were consumed because they did not obey the voice of the Lord to whom the Lord saw that he would not show them the land which the Lord has shown to their fathers that he would give us a land flowing with milk and honey. And I'm telling you, the church, unfortunately, in our nation, we've gone through those cycles. Elections, you come and shake, sh shake, 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 shake. And then we settle a bit and they start now politicking again. We go to the same mood. That's not God. That's not God. That's the spirit of the enemy. We need to rise up in our covenant and activate our covenant. What is the church supposed to do? To be aware of our covenant with God. Now look at this. So it was when they had finished circumcising all the people that they stayed in their places in the cup till they were healed. Then the Lord said to Joshua, this day, this day, this day, we decree, we decree this of our nation, this day, I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. Therefore, the name of the place is called Gilgal, which means rolling away to this day. Can we receive that? The rolling away of reproach in this nation. And then, what follows next? Look at what follows next. They've been circumcised. Now the children of Israel came in Gilgal and kept the Passover on the 15th day of the month at twilight in the, in the, on the plains of Jericho. And they ate the Passover there. And then the manna ceased that time. And they are no longer eating the manna. But they have now started eating the food of the land of Canaan that year. And after that, the commander of the army of the Lord showed up. When the covenant is in place, when the people are aware of the covenant, listen to this. It releases the commander of the army of the Lord of hosts to do the work. Not by might, not by power, not by spirit, but, but by my spirit, says the Lord. When we, the church is in our place, it's the release of the will of God. God does his will. I believe this was Jesus himself. The pre-incarnation of Jesus, he showed up. And therefore, we give him his place. And right now we pray also for South Africa. Father, with the prayers we've lifted up, we saw the same to South Africa. 
We saw the same to Tunisia. We saw the same to Nigeria in the name of Jesus. And we saw the same over all this continent of Africa. Oh, thank you, Lord. For your mercy and your grace for preserving this continent again. From the plans of the enemy. In Jesus' name. Amen.